Hi, I'm Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to be with you today. Um, those who are here in, in, in person, this flesh and blood reality, and those who are online, we welcome all of you. We know that God is here. He says, when two or three are gathered, I'm, I'm there in the midst of them. He's, the, the word uh, for church in the Greek is ekklesia. It means a gathering of his people. And so he promises a special presence to us as we come together. Uh, and as we focus on his word, which is called the sword of the spirit, it's never just bare naked words. It's always the spirit of God that touches our hearts through them. And so we know he's at work and he knows he's touching each of us, either in person or online. Whoever hears uh, the, these words of God in, in giving the gifts that each of us needs at just that moment. And so we praise God, we're excited, uh, and, and, and we're waiting for him to act. I'm going to amen to that. Amen. amen. All right. So we're, they, we have this little three-week series we focused on, the, the theme is, is winning on purpose, and, and, and the kickoff place was in John 10 when Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full, or I love the old uh, King James, and have it more abundantly, this is kind of earthy, more abundantly, that's why Jesus came, that we can have life right now. I, I had a, a, a pastor friend of mine that, that he wrote a book called Your Best Life Now, and, and that's kind of what we're talking about. Yes, we're going to be with Jesus face to face forever. Amen, right? We're going to be with him forever. But he came so that we could have our best life now as well. And that, that's what we've been focused on. Uh, it begins because it begins with this relationship with him. It's not about stuff. It's about relationship. He says, uh, that John 10 text, he talks about himself as a good shepherd. And he says, my sheep know me, and I know, and I know them. And it's this, this intimate knowing of relationship, the knowing of the heart. And, and Christians have always been accused of, of bait, kind of bait and switch. You're talking about my, the greatest life now, and you're talking about Jesus? Tell me, how is it working for you when you look somewhere else for your greatest life now? that fill you up? Or it always leaves you kind of wanting and thinking there's got to be more than this. See, the bait and switch isn't with the folks that point to Jesus. It's not with Jesus. It's with all the cacophony of voices that want to point to anything else. And last week we talked about it's just not our, uh, winning on purpose, having life to the full isn't just about relationship with Jesus, but through him, relationship with others, and we talked about how we, it's like clothes, we put on some stuff and we take off some stuff, because our old human nature is corrupted by sin, and, 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 and we, we sometimes are, are, we live with sexual immorality, and we live in lust, and we live in fear, and we live in anger, and we think that's who we are, but we're not. See, that's the amazing thing, that's not who we are, because we are brand new people in Jesus. Jesus says you've got to be born again. Isn't that what he said? And so we're brand new people in him, and we're empowered then to put on kindness and compassion and love. And when we do that in our relationships with others, we win on purpose. We have life the way it was meant to be. We have life to the fullest. Today, um, we're going to focus on one more theme, as Jesus would want us to have life uh, to its fullest on winning on purpose, and that's simply be thankful. Be thankful. 
So last week, I, I read a couple of studies. I, I kind of like to do that. I had my undergraduate work was in biology. So I thought, okay, this being thankful business, I, I just want to read about what the scientific community says, right? And, and the first one was kind of a little study. Go ahead, put that up. And she kind of defined this, right? By, by the way, that, that's, a, that's a symbol for being thankful, right? I, I asked Kelly about that. I said, Kelly, I need somebody, set, somehow we can say they're thankful. She's like, I got it. This is a symbol for thankfulness. Can I, is that right, guys? Are you right there? It means love or thankfulness. All right, so that's why we have, it's, it's not nonsensical. It's the idea of being thankful. And, and they, uh, this uh, researcher defined it, thankfulness, gratitude, and gratefulness. Three words to describe character, characteristic. In other words, this is who I am. What we're talking today is not about um, like when you were a little kid and they said, say thank you. Kind of like this surface thing, right? Say thank you, I'm going to bang you up against the head, right? No, no, that, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a characteristic that, that defines us. So, so uh, uh, a characteristic, a personality trait, again, who I am inside, and a way of living. It, it, it bubbles on the outside. So this is how she de- 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 uh, defined this. And she was saying an amazing thing in her research. She said this, you can make a decision to live thankful. That's pretty powerful stuff, right? Have you ever known people, and I have, and I thought about, this last week I thought about all the people that I know that, that live in this awesome thankfulness. I mean, they're, they're just amazing, right? They, they stand out and you say, man, I'm going to be thankful. But they are, they, they just live thankful. And, and it was amazing that I, I read this and I read it like three or four times. She made the point that you can make a decision to live thankful. Crazy, huh? And then she went on, uh, she said, people who live with an attitude of gratitude are known to live longer, sleep better, and have increased productivity and happier lives. Let me read that again. Pretty, uh, pretty sh- uh, amazing thing here. People who live with an attitude of gratitude are known to live longer, sleep better, and have increased productivity and happier lives. You have a better life if you live thankful. How about that? God tells us all over in his book to be thankful, and our lives are better when we are. Isn't that amazing? I mean, this is not just a, some, a writer. This was a scientist who was doing studies. You get good stuff when you live thankful, when your life is full of gratitude. But then she wrote, and I thought this was interesting. She was saying one thing surprised her, and it was as she looked around as, uh, at people and, and looked at their lives, uh, she said, you know, the amazing thing is being thankful it's not really tied to your environment. It's not tied to what you have to live through in the moment. And she gave three examples of real people that she had observed. Go ahead. She saw an elderly woman in a nursing home who was in a great deal of pain all the time, and that, but she was so thankful to everyone around her. Almost nonsense. She, by the way, when she was saying this, she says, I don't understand this. I don't understand, but I've seen this. And she gave another one. She said, the middle-aged man who recently lost his job, his home, and his family, lost everything, baby. And yet he was thankful for all the little things in his life and the people who were stepping up to try to help him. His last one, the up-and-coming leader he had just hired. Now, why would he put this in there? Because this guy was a self-made guy. Got a PhD, got his doctorate, right? He He was like, he did it himself, man. And yet... 
He was so thankful for the opportunity and for the job and for the... He didn't live like he was saying, look at me. He lived thankful. And again, with these three and others, she said, I, I don't, this is a big mystery to me. I don't, I don't get this. So in the second study I looked at, go ahead, it, it was much longer, it, it had read many more pages, and, and, it said, and the, the title of it was Benefits of Gratitude, 28 plus surprising research findings. So you had, they did all of this research, now I know, I don't want to bore you with this, but I, maybe because I back up, I thought it was cool, they did all these research where they had one group where they, where they gave them the tools to grow in thankfulness, like uh, let, let, let's do a journal, a Thanksgiving journal, every day we're going to put 10 things we're thankful for, all these things, and, and then with this other group, they, they didn't give them any of that, and then they saw how, they, how their lives worked, right? And they came up with some amazing findings, basically that being thankful is good all the way around. So here, this is what they came up with. Now remember, this is, this is based on studies. This isn't just a philosophy major. This is based on studies. Emotional, makes us happier. Psychological well-being, self-esteem, positive emotions, keeps suicidal thoughts at bay. Crazy, huh? Have you ever noticed, have you ever known, and I'm thinking of a particular gal in our congregation, uh, and she can, um, she can spend 20 minutes talking about the sunrises this last week. And every time, she's so thankful that she experienced it. Can I tell you something? I'm not that good. But I love to be around her. Huh? Because she has some of these things. She's blessed by that. Here's another one. Social. Makes people like us. That's why I want to be around her, Right? If, now, now, this is important. Improves romantic relationships, increases social support, strengthens family in times of stress. Just living thankfully. Remember, these are based on studies they did. Here's another one. Personality makes us more optimistic, increases our spiritualism, and that's the one I'm, I wasn't sure with because as you read the stuff, okay, what comes first here? You know, the spirit, spirituality or, or, uh, or, or being thankful. And, and, and I think there's, there was an argument there, but it's okay. Uh, make, make us more giving, reduce materialism because if we're thankful for all little things, we know all this stuff around us ain't gonna make us thankful. Uh, and, and enhances optimism. Another one, career. Makes more effective managers, reduces impatience, improves decision-making, helps us find meaning in our work, reduces turnover, improves work-related mental health, and reduces stress. And it was so funny, when I was preaching in the first service, there's, there were two different guys that I know what they do for a living, and, and, and that's what they're into. Uh, they're, they're into being managers, and they both have these big, big, big smiles on their faces, like, yeah, that's, that's really true. And this last week, um, it's amazing. Not, not this, the week before that, I talked with one of our members at, at, at length, and, and all by his own, he, he, he's, a wonder, he's wonderful at what he does, and he got this job, and he was saying to me, uh, he, he was saying to me, man, I thank the guy that hired me every day because I just love doing this job. Career. Being thankful really helps you with it. Here's another one. Physical health. This is like a duh, right? We just, but it reduces. Now think about this. Reduce depressive symptoms by 35%. It's kind of significant, isn't it? By 35%. Reduces blood pressure, improves your sleep, increases frequency of exercises, improves your overall physical health, and one more, recovery. Helps in recovery of substance abuse, 
coronary events, and depression. This is all based on studies. This isn't by guess and by golly, well, I think. This is reality. And it was so funny in this study, it, it went on and the very next line had this in it. The 20 best TED Talks and videos on the power of gratitude. And you kind of hit this link, right? I mean, everybody's talking about this. And then when you hit this link, the first thing it says is, oh, there's not just 20. There's like 32 and 36 and the 50 best TED Talks on, on, uh, on the power of gratitude. This is powerful stuff in our life. This is an amazing thing that gives us all kinds of good things. And so at the end of all this, this researcher, she says this. I love this picture, by the way. Hmm. It seems counterintuitive that we are so often resistant to doing something that can make our lives objectively better. But that's the truth. It's hard to cultivate a regular gratitude practice. She was stumped. If something so obviously is so good for us, why don't we do it? Huh? Put that up for me. Why do you think so? I kind of wrestle with this a little bit. I mean, part of it is that, um, have you noticed things aren't perfect? Uh, and that there's brokenness in our lives, both outside there and inside of ourselves. We've got to live through all this stuff, huh? And we kind of let all those voices get bigger in our lives. Maybe that's part of it, huh? It's hard to be thankful when we're so aware of the brokenness, so aware of my own shortcomings, and, and of course, where are the shortcomings of those? All those people around me, and even God. What's the matter with him? It's, it's kind of hard to be thankful, right? I think there's something more to this, though. And I just kind of free-flowed with these words. Well, honestly, have a happy, just be thankful because it's good for you. Seems kind of empty, doesn't it? I mean, it's like telling the kid, say thank you. Right? Kind of a mindless, better say. By the way, I don't mind if you teach kids to say thank you. I taught mine to say thank you. But, but I mean, when, you, when you think back on it, right, well, it, it, there's not much to that. Because now it, be, it takes it out of the realm of being thankful and it puts it in the realm, I better do this or I'm going to get whacked. It's more, it's, I, a long time ago, I saw this play, Whatever Happened on the Way to the Forum. Nobody else saw it. I know I had a friend that was in it. And, and there, there, there was this line in it, and, and the, the, the guy's kind of hopping across the stage, and he's saying, have a happy. Have a happy. Everybody, have a happy. Have a happy, everybody. Have a happy. And it was mindless. It accomplished nothing. Have a happy. And sometimes I think that's the way it is. Even with all of the studies that thankfulness is good for you, and we never talk about who we're thankful to because that's where the power comes in. Put that up. Who are we thankful to? There's a famous Christian, uh, lived a long time ago, like 500 years ago, and he looked at the Lord's Prayer when it says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, so many of the Christians, they, they list everything we're supposed to be thankful for, but he says, no, there, there's a different emphasis here, and, and this is what he wrote. God gives daily bread indeed without our prayer. He gives everything we need, man. And you know what? We don't even have to pray for it. He just gives it to us, both to the good and, and, and the evil. He pours it out on us. But we pray here that God would lead us to know it and to receive our daily bread 
with thanksgiving, to know it, to know the hand of the giver. See, that is the essence of it. To know the heart and the hand of the giver. And of course, it all flows into the greatest gift he gave us, and that's Jesus Christ. As James says, for every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Greatest gift was Jesus, for God the Father so loved the world, so loved you, that he gave his only son. And his heart never changes. He's not like shifting shadows. Do you know that, God? You know this one whose heart is always for you, who has given you the breath that you breathe, who has woven you together inside your mom, whose faithfulness is always sure and certain, who gives every good thing to you and finally moves everything somehow for your good. Do you know this, God? So we begin the Red Letter Challenge in, in a week, and, and I just thought it might be a good deal for me to read the book ahead of time, right? So I, I've, I've been looking at that, and uh, every, by the way, get a book. We got them out there today. Get, get, get a book, uh, jo- join a life group, uh, and, and right in the beginning, it, it says, hey, find at least one other person, whether you're in a life group or not, and do it with them so you can talk about it. But, but, but every day I read, there's like a little nugget somewhere in there. It's really cool. And, 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 I was, and, and when I was putting this together, I just read this nugget. It said something like this. Well, you know, a lot of people think that God's angry with them. That his anger and his wrath is just waiting there like, a, like, like you're, a, you're, you're on a tee, right? Tee ball, boom, and you're the ball. That, that God's just waiting for you, huh? And he's angry with you. And he said, nothing could be farther from the truth. What does it say? For God so loved you. For God so loved you. He has no wrath for you. It was all put on Jesus at the cross. God created you to be his. And that's what our first parents lost when they took away from him and we inherited that. that It's life without God. And we can only have life the way it was meant to be. We can only win on purpose as we receive that life anew every day in Jesus Christ. That's why he came. This is God's heart towards you. So often we forget that. And it's the foundation, it's the basis for for changing me into inside to a heart of gratitude. To see that in everything, in all things, in every moment, he's at work for me. Even when I don't get it, I don't understand, and he, and his love surrounds me. Have you ever seen, uh, I know it's an old book and an old movie, but it's a true story, it's uh, The Hiding Place. And, and there, there's a family that we're taking in uh, Jews in Holland to keep them from the Nazis killing them, and, and they, 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 were, they were caught. 
And basically the whole family, but, but one woman dies, Corrie Ten Boom, but, but they're in the concentration camp, she and her sister. A horrible, 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 horrible situation. And yet I'll never forget in that movie, the sister, she sees and knows that God is with her. And she's thankful for the situation. Why? Because she says to her sister, God has stripped away all the veneer. We would never be able to have these relationships with these people who have nothing, and, and we can show them the love of Jesus. That doesn't come from a person that comes from God. She didn't speak those words from human nature, but from who she was in Jesus. But she knew the heart of God, and it transcended every situation. And she was thankful. In, um, in the book of Luke, uh, there were 10, Jesus is walking, uh, walking outside of a town, and there's 10 lepers. Uh, leprosy was, uh, was a disease that you didn't recover from. It was a horrible disease. It was very much uh, uh, communicable so that, so that people, they, they, they would have these kind of leper calls. They push them out from anywhere there, there was people, and they had to live together, and this disease you know, attacked all the cartilage, and so it would seem like your fingers would fall off and your nose would fall off, and, uh, and it was a horrible, terrible disease from which there was no hope, right? No hope. And, and you were ostracized from society. And so there was these 10 guys, as Jesus was walking in a distance, said, help us, have mercy on us, help us. And he says, go show yourselves to the priests, because they had to prove that they were healed, and then they would be let back into society. And as they went, they were healed. I often wonder what that was like. I mean, they're walking to the priests to show themselves, right? Do you think their noses grew back, some of them? See, I think they did. I think it's like, hey, Joe, your nose is back, baby. Huh? Yeah, and, his, and, and their fingers and their toes, the digits would, fall, would seemingly fall off. Look, I got 10 of them again, man. Look, I got, can you imagine that? I got 10, baby. I got 10 toes. We're healed. We're going to let back into this, this awesome stuff, right? Only one came, came back to say thank you to Jesus. And Jesus said this. We're not all ten cleansed. We're the other nine. Was no one found to return and give thanks to God except this foreigner? He was, he was a Samaritan. So I have a couple questions for you. Why do you think Jesus said this? You think it was like when I was a little kid and they said, you better say thank you. What do you say? What do you say? You say. You think I said about it? Think he was saying, hey, I healed them. Doggone it, they better say thank you. You think that's what it's about? And what's the tone of voice you think he used? You think it was angry? Or do you think it was compassionate? They missed it. They didn't get what I offered. Because, see, I offered relationship with me. And all they saw was the gift. This is what he said. He said to the one, rise and go, your faith has made you well. 
What do you think he's talking about? It can't be the leprosy, can it? Because all 10 of them were healed. And this guy was already healed of leprosy. What do you think he's talking about? The healing of the soul. As I receive this relationship with Jesus, the one who loves me always. And a life lived in gratefulness with all the blessings that this brings. You see, Jesus, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. And a huge part of that is knowing the heart of the giver and receiving from his spirit this amazing, wonderful heart of gratitude that he would give us. That's what he's talking about here. That's what he wants you to receive every day. As I looked at the New Testament, a number of readings in the, in the epistles, the letters, again and again, this idea of gratitude and being thankful, we, we, we always think of this as think of the hammer banging us over the head, but it's always tied to this relationship, this heart of Jesus. In Colossians, it's so amazing. There, there's this reading, and we're going to look at this three times. It's like staccato, bang, bang, bang. This is, what, this is how it is, and just, you can't miss this stuff, right? So in Colossians, here we go. Uh, let the peace of Christ, this shalom of Christ, uh, uh, shalom, the Hebrew word, it means um, this relationship, that, that, I mean, this peace that comes through relationship with God. That's what this is. This isn't the, the absence of conflict. It's about this relationship deal, see? And through God, then with one another. So let the peace of Christ. So everything stems from this, from Jesus. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and says, members of one body. Now we got relationship together here, right? All of us. You are called to peace and be, read the word, thankful. Is this a hammer on your head? Or is this a guide for your heart? Crazy, huh? And this goes on right away, the next thing. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Again, focus on Jesus. As you sing hymns and spiritual songs with, read the word, gratitude. In your hearts, relationship word to God. Do you see the connection? Do you see what God wants to give you? Something that transcends the situation. And again, and whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Read the next two words. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. So the, who we are, who we are inside, how we got the, the lifestyle we have, it all is connected to being tied to Jesus. That's what God wants. That's what Jesus wants. He wants you to have this life in him, this life of gratitude that transcends all things. Again, in, in, uh, just a couple more of these in Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything. So now, it's, now we've kind of brought it out. About anything. About anything, right? But in everything, by prayer and petition, read the next two words. With thanksgiving, what are we saying thanks for? Present your request to God. All the blessings of Jesus right where you're at. No matter what your situation, like like Corey Temboom in the hiding place. Huh? Transcending all things. One more. Be joyful always, pray continually. Read the next two words. Give thanks in read the next two words. All circumstances. For this is God's will for you in 
Christ Jesus. Again, it's not a mallet on our head. It's a relationship that he would give us. You know, as I put this together, um, my brain goes all over the place sometimes, but I don't know, the last 10 years uh, we were married, Jane and I, uh, it really struck me. God, and this isn't like, look how nice I am. This is something that God touched my heart with. Um, I realized how much I just loved coming home to my wife. How much I just loved doing life with her. And every day I would come home and I'd tell her that. I'd say, man, I just love coming home to you. Man, I just love coming home to you. That pales in comparison with our life in Jesus. Transcends it. Huh? That's the gift he would give us. As he touches our hearts with his love. The psalmist, uh, he knows how hard this is sometimes. We got the cacophony of voices all around us that wants to pull us away from this reality. And he wrote this. Uh, he says, praise the Lord. Again, connected to this relationship with God. Praise the Lord, O my soul, the very essence of my being. And he says to himself, forget not all his benefits. It's so easy to look to the wrong place to know God's heart, right? Don't forget my soul. He forgives your sins. He has a heart of grace towards you. He heals all your diseases. Wait a minute, I'm sick, I'm not gonna get well. He's gonna heal all of us for an eternity. Cool stuff, huh? He'll have his way. We'll have resurrected bodies for an eternity. Who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. My life would be in the pit without Jesus Christ. How about you? Who redeems uh, your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. That word compassion means he hurts for us. So, so in our suffering, you're not alone. Jesus wept at the funeral of Lazarus. He weeps with us, but he overcomes it in his love. Who satisfies your desires with good things. Everything that is poured down upon us. The Father of lights gives us every good and perfect gift so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, I've been looking at this stuff for a long time. And sometimes I think I must have really been lazy because I never read up on this before. But the reason the psalmist would say this is that eagles, they can live a long, long, long time and they change out their feathers all the time. They have a brand new, it's almost like a resurrection. It's an amazing thing. And so the psalmist says, hey, yeah, I, I got to remind myself of this and I fall down sometimes and, and I'm not who I want to be. And, but you renew me. You renew me and give me a new heart so I can live in thankfulness and I can win on purpose and have all the blessings that you would give me life to its full here and now. As I was thinking about all this stuff, uh, this hymn verse came to my head. It's an old hymn and it's not even in the, the verse isn't even in the hymnal anymore, uh, but it goes like this. Notice it's got Thankfulness up there. In every condition, sickness and health, poverty's veil, or abounding in wealth, at home and abroad on the land and the sea, the Lord, the Almighty, thy strength there shall be. Do you know him like that? Do you know his heart for you? That's where we're empowered to live in thankfulness and receive all the blessings that that would give us. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever.
Amen. So let's pray. Uh, dear Jesus, sometimes it's so hard for us. We, we think, oh, I want all the blessings that thankfulness brings, so I gotta do something rather than be something in you. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would touch our hearts and change us, connect with us anew, so that thankful is who we might be and be awed in being as we know who you are and what you give us and who you make us. We pray in your name and all God's people say, amen.